Well, it goes without saying that after we've uh, experienced a week long of camp services, I am ready to declare to you the word of the Lord. Amen. Have some other special guests who will be speaking um, later in the service, but want to glean together from the Lord's word. If you would stand, I want to read one verse in your hearing today. I don't want this to be a secret. I already feel God's presence in the building. It would be easy to have church. Don't you believe that? I didn't say be church. I said have church. How many came to have church? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can look churchy and act churchy, but to do church, it takes commitment. Amen. It takes a heartfelt, amen, commitment to God and His service. I came today to have church. I said to Sister Nicole, Brother Brother Jacobs and myself are on the same frequency as God impressed our hearts with a message for today. And I want to read one verse in your hearing penned in Isaiah's writings. The prophet Isaiah chapter number 30 and verse 21. Just bringing you up to speed. Isaiah is a mirror of the entirety of the scriptures. Many scholars believe that the contents thereof kind of mirror our Bible as a whole. Amen. 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. 66 books of the Bible. The first 39 deal directly with the judgment. Amen. And the last 27 deal with God's promise of restoration to His people. How many of you know God will do it? Amen. He will do it. He'll do exactly as His Word has declared. If you're there, shout, I got it. Isaiah 30. And 21, if you're not there, say, I'm coming. I'll be there in a minute. I believe we're there. Let's read from God's Word together, Isaiah 30 and 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, let us pray. Sovereign Lord, we thank you in this very moment for allowing us the company of your presence. And Lord, for uh, gathering us all together at this appointed time. We thank you, Father, for the presence of he, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who is with us even now. And we seek his direction and guidance through the remainder of this service. Lord, if there is one soul that is nearest hell, Lord, may the convicting power of the Holy Spirit be released. God, and they be brought to repentance through confession of sin to accept the greatest gift Lord the world has ever received, the gift of salvation, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's in his name that we pray and ask these things. God's church said amen and amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Say how thankful you are to see you in the house of God on today. Amen. Praise the Lord. If I were to share a thought in your presence, Amen. I would share this thought. Finding your way through life. Finding your way through life. We just concluded a series, praise the Lord, on the three most important questions. This is comprised from my own personal list. The three most important questions you'll ever be asked. Amen. The three M's. Anybody remember them? The first, who is your master? Number two, what is your mission. And it blessed my heart to know that some young folks asked for copies of last week's message. Choosing a godly mate. Isn't that powerful? 
Praise the Lord. So I think today's story somewhat parallels with those three messages. So I want to share this thought, finding your way through life. The word find means to discover or perceive. We define the word life as the period that's between one's birth and death. One of the most fatal tendencies, one of the most devastating things that we have is to think that we become strong simply by exerting ourselves and striving hard in our pursuit of things. We live in a very microwave society. We live in a time where people want things right now. Don't want to apply themselves to receive something's of great value. But what we understand through God's word is that the inward fortitude or the courage or resilience that we need, it comes only as we open our hearts to God's guidance. How can we do that? By reflecting upon his word, the promises that he has made for each of us. You see, our days are numbered here on the earth. So each of us struggle with the limited time that we have. You say, hold on a minute, Pastor. One writer said a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. you got to understand, he was not measuring that against time, but he was measuring that against the backdrop of eternity. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the difference? Time can only be measured in an arena where change takes place. Amen. How many know there's no change in heaven? Amen. How many know that one writer said, amen, in the Old Testament, I am the Lord, I changeth not. And then Paul, writing to the Hebrews, said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we understand that we have a very limited time here on the earth. What should we do? We should make the most of the opportunity given to us in life. I begin to think about one of my favorite biblical characters when I begin to pray about this message, and that was Joseph. Joseph was one of my favorite biblical characters. Number one, because... uh, He's a great example of a person going forth into the unknown. How frightening is it going into the unknown? Wow. The Lord has blessed me to see 55 glorious years here on this earth, but at 18 I had no idea. Help me, saints of God. I know some of you got it all figured out. Praise the Lord. Some of you got it all figured out, or at least you think you do. But you haven't transitioned yet into the state of total dependency on either yourself and God. Or you still living under mom and dad's roof. Because the truth of the matter is, is it's a whole new world that's awaiting you. One that's ready to gobble you up and... Spit you out. Joseph made some things very clear. Joseph said it's imperative. It's of the utmost importance. Look at your neighbor and say, it's crucial. It's crucial. That we do what? That we look to God for our direction through this thing called life. Well, for Joseph, it all started with the dream. How many dreamers have I in the house of God today? 
Oh, come on now. That's not a trick question. How many dreamers? Praise the Lord. I don't have any dreamers in here. I don't have any folks that are aspiring to be great this and that. Come on, Brother Tedrick. Praise the Lord. Help me out. But you're supposed to be my cheerleader back there. Help me out. I don't, I don't have any other dreamers here today. Praise the Lord. I can understand that was a trick question. You didn't know how low the blow was going to be. But come on, somebody. I mean, that's not, that's not. How many dreamers have I in the house of God today? You see, it starts or originates with a dream. Well, what's a dream? Webster defines it as, as, a, as a hope or a, as a plan. What's a hope? A hope is a confident expectation. Amen? Joseph was Jacob's 11th son. Catch this. He was his first son through his favored wife, Rachel. Preach, Pastor. Somebody said, trouble in the camp, all trouble already. He was his daddy's favorite son? Yes. In the context of, uh, of the book of Genesis, he was his preferred son by Rachel, his beautiful wife. Well, what happens there? We discover that after announcing Joseph's birth, that it's some years later that he resurfaces as a teenage boy who has been shepherding the flock with his half-brothers. And what does he do? He comes in to give his father a bad report on the behavior of your brother. Okay, let me do the math here. Number one, he's dad's 11th boy. His first by his favored wife. And he's already envied by his brothers. Can somebody say that's a bad combination? That's why, parents, we don't have favorites among our children. It causes trouble in the home. You can find the story of Joseph recorded in the book of Genesis from chapter 37 till about the 50th chapter. Amen. I'd encourage you in your leisure to read it in its entirety. But what a blessing it is to discover that God had a plan. For the life of one young Joseph. You see, Joseph is favored by his dad, envied by his brothers, and then God drops favor down on him. He gives him dreams. Oh, can you just imagine now that after his daddy made him that coat of many colors, that his brother said, oh, heavens, here comes special. Help me, somebody. You ever heard anybody say, I was the black sheep of the family? Get over yourself. You're a black sheep of no family. Jacob loved Joseph. He was the first son of his favorite wife, Rachel. But can't you see his brothers in circles now saying among themselves, uh-oh. Here comes, he thinks he's better than the rest of us. He's got that coat of many colors that our dad, what, what daddy ever give you? What, what daddy ever give you? Reuben, what daddy ever give you? Simeon, did daddy ever give you? He never gave me anything special. But look, look, look coming here at the dreamer. And dad gives him a coat of many colors. And he begins to share with his family a dream that God has given him. And the spiritual overtones of that dream, amen, they come to reality in the process of time. And what happens is, amen, there's one sheep that's standing alone when all the other sheep are drying up and falling over. And, and what it absolutely meant in the future sense is that there would be a time when his own brothers would bow down to him and that he would have preeminence over them. Oh, that's a bad combination. They're fighting in the Middle East now because somebody thought they could help God. That was Sarah. Preach, Pastor. 
lot of folks might say that Joseph acted in arrogance when he shared his dreams. But here's what I believe, and amen, you don't have to ride the same stallion as me. But my belief is that Joseph was just simply excited. He was simply excited about what God had shared with him. And he shared it in simple faith and in humility. I don't believe that Joseph was arrogant and or proud that God chose him. This is going to get somebody real upset, but I've heard it all my life, and it bears repeating. Somebody said, favor ain't fair. Somebody said, favor ain't fair. I know there's some teachers in here. Excuse my grammar. But in reality, praise the Lord, favor is sometimes on the outward appearance. It, it doesn't look fair. We want to ask ourselves the question, why didn't God choose me? Well, God reserves the right to choose whom he chooses. And we are not in a position, amen, to tell God, no, I'm the pick and not him. We're not in that position. How many want to barter with God? I don't think we want to barter with God. But how many of us today understand this reality? God will make his will known if we become determined to know it. Let's look at Ephesians 5 and 17. Ephesians 5 and 17. God will make his will known if we become determined to know it. Writing to the church at Ephesus, the world's first megachurch, possibly 25 to 30,000 members strong, Paul writes this, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Pastor, what's God's will? That means his plan or his intentions for me as a person. Help me, saints of God. And he will make his will known if we become determined to know it. You see, it's not just enough to know the will of God, but it takes faith. To do the will of God. It takes faith to do the will of God. Do you know that Joseph's dream kept him on track during difficult times? And even when he did what? When he faced temptation, his dream kept him on the right track. Got any Jay-Z fans in the house? Anybody know Jay-Z? Oh, come on, you're like, Pastor, this is church. I ain't supposed to tell I know Jay-Z. Who don't, who don't know Jay-Z and Queen B? Help me, somebody. Somebody like, I don't. You don't watch TV. You don't watch entertainment tonight. Come on, who watched the fighting temptations? And you don't know Beyonce? Oh, help me, somebody. Y'all need to get out more often. I'm just saying. I'm just. Jay-Z is his stage name. His given name is Sean Corey Carter. Who is he? He's a rapper, songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, which translates into billionaire. Can I bless somebody? And in the 2008 album, More Than a Game, the song History, Jay-Z writes these words. All I got is dreams. Nobody else believes. Nobody else can see. Nobody else but me. How powerful is that? Wow. Dreams are important. It's okay to say amen. 
Dreams are important. How, how, Pastor, why are dreams important? Because dreams can change the course of one's entire life. I mean, know because he was despised by his brothers that Joseph was sold into slavery. His brothers conspired together in a plan that would rid them of their brother. So they saw the descendants of Ishmael. Anybody remember that guy? He's that one. A band of traitors coming through their territorial boundaries and they conspired a plan that says we're going to kill our brother and rid ourselves of him. When the oldest one, Reuben, stood up and said, no, no, I don't think I could live with that. So he objects to that plan. But he goes right along, Brother Jason, with this plan to trick and scheme against their father. And so they take an animal's blood, they distribute it on his coat of many colors, their daddy's old, they bring this garment home and tell their daddy that a wild beast has attacked their brother and he's dead. Oh my gosh, are dreams important? As far as Jacob was concerned, his favorite son was gone, taken from him. But dreams are important because they can change the course of an individual's life. How many times do you think that when Joseph was in that pit that he thought of that dream he had? Many times he thought the depth of that dream that he had. Here's why dreams are important. They can motivate. Dreams can inspire. They can improve and even help us achieve almost any goal that we want to achieve. So I want to encourage you students today, don't ever stop dreaming. Don't ever stop dreaming. People ask me, do I have nightmares? I said, no, I don't have many of those. Because I ask God to guard my subconsciousness. How many know that you don't have to accept everything that comes down your way? How many of you know that you can reject things that come your way? Your faith in God, by the power of His Spirit's presence... You can reject these things. You don't have to accept them. Brother Con said it this morning about the best way that I know how. If 10 of your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to follow? No, I'm not that one. Seriously. So, Pastor, what are you, what are you trying to say? In achieving our goals, we're going to face some obstacles. Oh, yeah. How many participate in track and field around here? Anybody know anything about track and field? Ever seen a hurdle? That's what we call an obstacle. You're like, Pastor, that ain't no obstacle. Well, if you're not in the best health, I'd like to see you hurdle one. Yeah. Or bound it. Is that how they say it in Australia? He went bounding over. Let's see you bound a hurdle if you're not in good shape. I can promise you, you can get some track rash in a hurry. Praise the Lord. We're going to face obstacles. What is an obstacle? It's anything that blocks our way or anything that prevents or hinders our progress. Did Joseph have some hindrances? Most of the time we hear the story of Joseph, all that we can remember is, well, his brother sold him. But the bottom line is he ended up in the palace. Oh, my God. Is that all? Don't forget about the pit. Somebody like, what's a pit? Well, it's a subterranean hole in the ground. And they threw him in there. This is going to shock you. 
They sold them to the Ishmaelite traders for 20 shekels of silver. You know what that would equate to in today's monetary value? About $10. Later in the Bible, we find out that a slave sold for 30 shekels. Joseph wasn't even as valuable as a slave to his brothers. Sister Natasha, they hated him. You don't think he went through anything to gain his status with God? But what we find out about Joseph is that his faith never wavered. What we discover about Joseph is though he is wrongly accused. Now listen, I did my homework on this one. You might as well just back up. The Bible said he was handsome. Some of you girls say, fine. Yeah. Not the Bible, but history says that Potiphar's wife, on one occasion, gathered 40 of Egypt's high-ranking officials' wives. And all they did was look at him. Wow. 40 of them. And you know what they were saying under their breath? He can't be no man. He must be an angel. Men don't look like that. No wonder. No wonder she attempted to seduce him. Because guess what happens, amen? In the process of time, he wanders down to Egypt. He's purchased by Potiphar, who is the captain of Pharaoh's guard. And he is placed in charge of Potiphar's entire household. One day while everybody was minding their own business, he was in there cleaning and she saw them muscles bulging. And that physique. And those good looks. And no doubt she said, mm, mm. She probably said some of the same things we've said in time. Help me now. And when she attempted to seduce him, he said, my master has given me the keys to everything in this house but you. And then Joseph said, I will not do this thing and sin against God. Somebody say, hold on to your dream. Somebody say, hold on uh, to your dream. Why? Because Joseph knew that God had a plan. And Joseph was not willing to forfeit his destiny for a few moments. Uh, I feel my help now. Oh, glory to God. Joseph said, I won't do this thing and sin against God. I titled it like this. Uh, Honey, if sin's what's in, uh, you can count me out. Oh, praise the Lord, somebody. That woman said, ain't nobody around. You and me can get down. Joseph said, not me. Oh, no. Oh, no. And when she said, listen, I got to have some evidence. The man ran, cleaned out his clothes, left his coat in her hand because he knew the plan of God. He remembered the dream that he dreamt many years prior to this event. Oh, my God, somebody. You're going to get upset. When you promote yourself. Somebody going to get mad. When you promote yourself. But that's not what the Bible said. Joseph didn't have his own agenda. Joseph was not promoting himself. 
He was promoting the God that he served. Look at Genesis 37 and 18. Amen. The Bible makes this one thing very clear. They said, when he saw him afar off, even before they came near to him, they conspired against him to slay him. Why did they want to kill him, Brother Tedrick? They thought he was promoting his own agenda. Them boys said, there comes special. Oh, my God. There comes daddy's favorite child. Amen. And we got to do something about this. So you tell me Joseph didn't face obstacles. Joseph faced obstacles. Praise the Lord in relation to his dreams. Amen. To his family. Praise God. He was already in trouble. Already in trouble. So they tell me. That after he was wrongly accused, Brother Hunt, that he went to prison. Listen, I'm talking about still holding on to a dream while facing obstacles. He went into prison, but guess what God did into prison? Y'all ain't read the story. I can tell right now. Y'all, have you read the story? What happened while Joe was in prison? God gave him favor even while he was incarcerated. Oh, praise the Lord. And what was happening? Amen. Those guys were dreaming dreams. And then Joseph would tell them the meaning of the dream. Now, all Joseph said is the one thing, Brother Carlos, I'd love for you to do. When it's well with you, just think on me. Amen. When you get out of here and things are going well, when life is presented favorably to you, all that I ask is that you remember old Joe. Praise the Lord, saints of God. But what we find is that Joseph faced those obstacles. Now listen, we view obstacles differently because we're different people. And because we're different people, we see things from different angles. And because we see things from different angles, we take different approaches. Oh my saints of God. Oh, I can see some of us now. We got wrongly accused. Oh man, they'd be dragging us to the jail. We'd be kicking and screaming. Ah! You'd be kicking and screaming all the way. to. But Joe went no problem. Joe went no problem. You want to know why? Joe was hanging on to a dream. Joe was hanging on to what God had already visibly made known. When you've been approved by God, you can't be rejected by anybody. You missed a good place. You missed a good place to shout. I said, when you've been approved by God, you can't be rejected by anybody. Oh, praise the Lord, saints of God. In the process of time, he's promoted. He's made ruler, second in command in the land of Egypt under the Pharaoh. How blessed is that? That's a blessing Joseph wasn't expecting. Am I right? Am I right, saints of God? Joseph wasn't expecting that blessing. Without obstacles, amen, we will never become what we have the potential to be if we never face any challenges if we never face any difficulties the common mistake that we make as the people of God is that we believe that when uh, a temptation comes our way we think it's God's way of punishing how many of you know God's not mad with you I, I don't hear much help and how, how many know God's not mad with you the book of James tells us what, what, what happens he says that we're, we're, we're tempted when we're drawn away of what 
our own. I can't blame you and you and you and you. I can't blame you. We are tempted when we are drawn away or enticed of our own lust. And the Bible says, Brother Joey, when that thing is done, it brings forth death. And we know the word death in the Bible simply means separation from God. And there are three ways we can be separated from God. We can be separated physically. We can be separated spiritually. But oh, the dreadful one. We can be separated eternally from God. All too often, we see obstacles as things other than what they are. You know the devil gets way too much credit. Way too much credit. Some see obstacles as excuses and use them to say, there's just no way that I can succeed. Some see obstacles as threats to their desired But thank God for the optimist who see obstacles as opportunities to grow. As I want to encourage us today, the body of believers, to know this. That there will be no spiritual growth without obstacles. Somebody ought to help me. There will be no spiritual growth without obstacles. I love what the psalmist David said. Men in the Psalms. 34 and 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, somebody say, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. While in that prison, God remembered Joseph. Oh my somebody. You see, what makes all the difference in the world is our perception. In other words, how we view things. For we face the full range of emotions from fear to shame when we face obstacles. You would say to me, Pastor, what do you think the single largest reason that young people transitioning from high school to college, why do you think that they often fail? Number one, fear of failure. Fear of failure. Somebody says, you can't do that. You can't become this. You can't achieve that. And we let that sink in. And then it's a determining factor in whether we pursue or abandon our dreams. There's a gentleman by the name of Frank Clark. He served in this country as a lawyer and politician for more than 50 years. As a matter of fact, he served over 20 years in the United States Congress. And here's what Frank said. He said, if you find a path with no obstacles, you you listening? Everybody on the edge of the seat for this one? If you find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. Boy, I want that to marinate in your spirit. Come on. Hallelujah. I want that to marinate in your spirit. If you find a path that has no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. For achieving most goals absolutely means we must overcome obstacles. I'm not going to college. There's nobody in my family went to college. Be the first. Set the precedent. Be the first. Be the pioneer. 
Be the one at the end of the day. You're like, well, I mean, Pastor, I mean, we're not, we're, we're not supposed to be about, you know, self-accomplishment. We're, we're not supposed to be about these things. No, I'm, I'm not promoting that idea and or agenda. But listen, fulfillment in life is a very important thing. Being complete in life, it is a major undertaking. Now, you know how I feel about happiness and joy. Anybody know how I feel about happiness and joy? Happiness is based on happenings. Tell your children on a Friday night, we're going to Carowinds tomorrow and watch the enthusiasm. Tell your children tomorrow is the last day of school and watch the excitement. My classmates said, I got all kind of plans on summer vacation. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm going. What you going to do? I said, I'm going to the tobacco field. I square my shoulders back. I say, I'm going to eat watermelon. And at the end of the gathering of the crops, we're going to the beach. That's going to be the highlight of my summer. Praise the Lord. But you know what? I knew I had to have school clothes. Oh, God, somebody. I knew I had to have school clothes. Mom and Daddy had a house full of young. Can I say young? Mom and daddy had a house full of children. How many of you know sometimes they just didn't have the financial means to take care of all them? Well, they ought not had all them. But listen, the extra set of hands on the farm was golden. Hello? Jerry Rice ain't got nothing on these hands. You follow what I'm saying? That's my summer vacation. Oh, Lord, somebody. Had to overcome obstacles. Come, we spent a lot of time in them tobacco patches together. My brother said, we don't call it cropping sand lugs where I'm from. I said, what do you call it? Then he said, we call it priming. I said, man, the only thing I know about priming is taking a quart mason jar, pouring it in a pump. Hello, somebody. Hello. Listen, if you're under 40, that just parted your hair right down the middle. You got lost right there. A clothesline, you ain't got no idea what a clothesline is. Your clothesline say Whirlpool, Maytag, Samsung. Dishwasher, Lord God, have my trash compactor. Yeah, I compact it right down in that receptacle. That's how I, how I do. What color, what color would you like your trash compactor, he brown? He brown. How about your dishwasher? He brown too. Hello? You say, Pastor, you raised in a house full of women. You ain't washed no dishes. I pardon your begging and beg your pardon. I still wash dishes. I wash more clothes at my house than anybody because I wear most of them. Brother Steve raised his hand. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all mess up clothes so she won't ask you. I ain't said that. You mess them up, pour bleach on color clothes so she won't ask you to wash them anymore. You college students better, oh my God, even the brother. Hallelujah. He kind of secretly threw that thing up, but I saw it. Ain't God good. You're going to face obstacles. You're going to face those hindrances, those barriers that want to prohibit your progress and or growth. But in the spirit realm, there can be no growth unless we face obstacles. Oh, my. 
Where am I going from there, Pastor? You're sitting on ready on this one because everybody in here wants to find success. Who want to find success? I'm 50 year old, 55 year old, still looking for it. How many want to find success? Praise the Lord. I know you young people. Right now, the greatest thing on your mind is getting out from under your mother and father's roof. Because under your mother and father, if you're raised where I was raised, there's some structured rules. Yeah. Now listen, there are all kind of laws and government and all kind of things now that determine how parents discipline their children. But when I was growing up, my mama would tear the hide off of you for being rebellious. I told somebody I didn't have no devilment in me. Mama beat it and all of hell out of me when I was little. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Some of y'all are like, Pastor, for real? Oh, trust me. My father gave me two. We didn't call them spankings in our day. Killings. My... <laughs> Somebody like, this is going out over podcast. Listen, that's what's wrong with America now is that we've abandoned the discipline of children. Oh, my. Lord, have mercy. God bless you, Brother McBride. But in Lumberton High School, God from heaven, help me. I would have to have on David's linen ephod when I walked up in that place. Because I'm telling you right now, it would take the Trinity for me not to choke some of them. I might as well preach this while I'm there. I remember my son was there many years ago, and his cell phone went off in class. I had to go as his parent and representative to retrieve it. And when I walked in, I heard some of the awfulest language I ever heard in my life. And coming from children. And I was like, Lord, please, Jesus, let me. Help me hold it, Lord. You're going to sit here this morning and tell me, I'm going to say this. It might be offensive. But I'm going to say, now y'all know you've sat under this ministry for 20 years. I'm not going to decorate it. I'm not going to paint it up. I'm not going to disguise it and call it something other than what it is. But you'd like to jerk a knot in them, wouldn't you? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, saints of God, tell the truth. Wouldn't you like to jerk a knot in them? It's the truth. I like to do it in some other people's children. I'm just saying. Because God knows I pray for Sister Nicole and, 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 and all these other ladies and all these other guys that are associated with the public school system. I pray much for you. I pray much. Because most mom and dad says, not him. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, well. Praise the name. Jesus, have mercy. I want to find success. Mm, I told my daughter when she was in college. Talking about being a teacher, I would say, Lord, kill the vision. God, wipe it out, Lord, please. Because she taught, amen, she worked with the after-school program, and I was like, Lord, make it plain, Jesus. Reveal it like you would to your servant. Make it hot, Lord. And amen, after dealing with some of those little teeny ones like that right there in that after-school program. No, 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 it weren't them. It was their moms and dads. I wouldn't be an official. I, I wouldn't be an umpire right now. I mean, six and seven-year-old children in athletic events, when winning and losing don't even matter, the parents lose control. Fighting. 
over children's bog. He ain't Babe Ruth, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez. Come on. He's not getting paid. This is a recreational sport. Oh, my gosh, somebody. That's where we are as a society. We've lost our bearing. We only want to experience success. Doesn't matter if it's at the expense of someone else. I said, what does find mean? It means to discover or perceive. Success means the accomplishment of an aim or end of a purpose. Hold your seats. Hold your seats. Some of Joseph's fiercest opposition came from the people closest to him. You know who they were? His own family. Oh, don't act surprised. Don't act surprised now. Because it's happening in our world. Even today. Lord have mercy. You got to know like Joseph. Pastor, how did Joseph know? Joseph knew without a doubt that God had spoken to him. And knowing that God had spoken to him made all the difference in the world to Joseph. Look at Genesis 39 and 2. Genesis 39 2. Look what the Bible said. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Can I bless somebody and tell you this? God doesn't view prosperity the way that we do. Amen. We think if I got the finest ride, what you young people call them? Whips. Y'all got what, what, what kind of rims y'all got? Dubs. I'm riding on dub 20s. I'm riding on them dub 26s. I'm rolling, ain't I? Give me five, brother. Praise the Lord. He thought that was hilarious. I'm telling you. Mama, you should have saw his face. He like, man, that preacher is loco. I'm riding on the 26s. They're spinning. I got my music on the radio. Yeah. Right? Am I in there? Come on, somebody holler. Yeah. yeah. Pastor, you in there. You in there. You keeping it real. We want to find success because that's living the American dream. Right? But how many of you know sometimes you have to disconnect from everything you know to find success? Didn't Abraham have to leave his family? How about Joseph? Didn't Joseph leave his family? Sure he did. He ends up in Egypt. In the house of the enemy. Wow. Wow. You see, material things do not indicate prosperity. Oh, if I got the nice house and the bad rags. It's amazing to me. I was embarrassed wearing pants with holes. But people hang them on the clothesline now. And shoot them with guns. And make them. I got me some holy jeans. <laughs> you know what they call them? Distressed. 
<laughs> they call him distressed, mama. That's what they, they said, look, he wearing some distressed jeans. I wouldn't be stressed if I'd have had the warm in school when I was growing up. Because I don't know about anybody else, but I can testify about how many lies I told when I was little. I told all kind of lies when I was little. Brandon and I had all kind of dirt bikes and stuff like that when I was little. Until one day a classmate said, I'm going home with you. I said, no, no, no. I said, my mama don't let no friends come home with me. I was terrified. They were going to see that I wasn't successful. That I didn't have those things. Hello? Y'all laughing because y'all just as guilty. Get off me. You, you, you laughing because you know. But let me tell you something. Even when we feel physically alone, God is with us. You missed a good place to shout. After they sold their brother to a band of traders for a mere $10, Joseph probably felt the lowest of the low. But somehow or another, he found the inner fortitude. He found the courage, Brother Khan. Amen. To regroup and to endure that hardship until a time that God promoted him. I'm going to tell all of you today, when you graduate high school, you're going to face some obstacles and to find some success. You're going to be lonely sometime. There are going to be moments when you feel that God is as far away from you as one side of the earth or from the other. But let me remind you what God has said in his word. He told them in the conclusion of, of Matthew's gospel, Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world so what am I saying to you today what I'm simply saying find your way through life and let it include Jesus let it include Jesus Amen. Jeremiah the prophet said it best Jeremiah 29 11 I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. The church said hallelujah. What a God we serve. You see. We shouldn't just remember God when things are bad. We should remember God when things are going well. Isn't that what Moses challenged the children of Israel to do? Stand with me all over the building. You know the story. I want anybody to go anywhere. Mr. McBride's coming amen to address this lovely group of Students, we're going to recognize them for their acknowledgement. This is a major day in their lives, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you have taken a part in it. Over the process of time, famine brings Joseph's family to Egypt. Am I right? Famine forced his family right into his presence. And what happens? He recognizes them before they recognize him. Do you think he was sulking in what they'd done? Do you think he was affected? Oh, without a doubt. But he didn't hold it to their charge, did he? He didn't hold it to their charge. Because what he did, he recognized that his brothers, brother Anthony, were haunted by their former betrayal. It still weighed heavy on their hearts what they had done to their brother. But he forgave them, didn't he? He tells us at the conclusion of the story that revolves around his life, it's okay. For what you meant for evil, woo, God meant it for good. Hallelujah, saints of God. 
So what I'm attempting to say to us today is that by remaining faithful and accepting that God is in the sovereign control of all things that encompass our life, we can be confident that the Lord will reward our faithfulness in the fullness of His time. Word of the Lord makes it clear that Joseph maintained his integrity. That's his moral uprightness. It makes it clear that God's plan, are you getting this? Look, at, look on the screen. God's plan is bigger than I can dream. It's bigger. Bigger. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. All over this sanctuary. No man can prevent God's perfect plan. Father God, we pray now a prayer of blessing over this great group of young people whose accomplishments have brought them to the advancement Lord, in the school year, many of them graduating college, many of them even further educational programs that include master's degrees. And we thank you for navigating their life to this place. We pray even right now that, Lord, you would touch the hearts of all these students whom are present in this room today. That, God, you would give them their heart's desire as long Lord, as it is morally upright. Some of them could possibly be one who discovers a cure for cancer. Only you know the plans you have for them. And now, Lord, put a hedge of protection about them as you did your servant Job, that all the days of their life no harm would come to them. Father, we submit this prayer by faith. In your son Jesus' name, God's church said amen. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. have to be ready in season and out of season. I just said, here, can you do his back? <laughs> um, but I work with Mr. McBride, Sergeant Major McBride. And, um, but anyway, I'm going to give you his, uh, read his bio for you. Patrick Alonzo McBride.